Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of 168,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of the modern architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Diora. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Art Gensler, architect, entrepreneur, founder of Gensler, now one of the world's largest and most recognized architecture firms. You can find them on the web at www.gensler.com. That's www.gensler.com. Hello, Art. We're truly honored and excited to have you on The Modern Architect today. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Art, uh, please tell us, if you will, how you came to write, in, in my opinion, and we talked about this in the green room, this much-needed and, and uh, again, my opinion, breakthrough book, Art's Principles, and how's the response been to date? Well, um, I'll go to the second first. Okay. Uh, the response has been pretty uh, uh, great. It's been really fun, and I've had a lot of people buy the book, but I've had a lot of reactions from people that have read the book and really enjoy it. And I, I wrote it because uh, over the last 50 years of Gensler, the firm I founded, um, I, I collected ideas and thoughts about issues that I faced every day at work. And one of the things that I realized is that I had a wonderful training as an architect doing the design, and maybe the codes and some of the building techniques. Mm-hmm. But I never... F- got any training in how to run a business. And I ended up being hired to do tenant development work in a Alcoa building, Alcoa One Maritime Plaza in San Francisco. And all of a sudden I found I was running a business. I had $200. I had a wife who was my secretary of accounting and accountant and uh, office manager. And, and I had one draftsman. And we rented space in the back of another architect's office in San Francisco wow. on Clay Street. And... And I, I, I just learned on the go. Now, the interesting part of it was I got to about 25 people, and I realized, God, I really don't know how to run a business <laughs> and what I'm doing. And I decided I would take a continuing education course at uh, UC Extension at night. And I did that for about three weeks, once a week. And I realized I wasn't learning it fast enough, and I was going <laughs> to something had to give. And so I went up to the professor after class, and I said, do you a consultant, could I hire you to come and talk to not only me, but the senior people in the group, there were about eight of us, I guess, at the time, uh-huh. who had some knowledge, and they weren't completely junior. And I was 30 years old, so I was just a wow. young pup at the time. And he came on and became a consultant to the firm for many, many years. But um, it's been a wonderful opportunity to, to build and grow a team of people and I I like good competition so I have like the and I like to share so I share with both my own staff and our staff but I share with everybody else because I think if your competition is good then they don't do stupid and foolish things that force you to do stupid and foolish things. <laughs> yeah I was gonna ask you to elaborate a bit on that good competition. I've not heard that before. Well competition yeah. <clears throat> in our field is a is an interesting one because 
uh, especially when you're starting, you haven't got a lot of existing projects that you can show people and existing clients and you're trying to get new clients and new projects and and so a lot of architects enter competitions and uh, most of them are unpaid and, and I, I I don't believe that one should give away one's intellectual property and skill mm -hmm. as an unpaid and then sell in our business working drawings nice. and the same thing with other people and whether you're a lawyer or an accountant or Whatever you are, I, you, you should get compensated for what you do and if you add value. And uh, if you listen to the client and what they want, then you can add value. And one of the things that I stress in the book but stress in everything in my life is that, you know, the people out there that I deal with are not dumb people. They're very smart. Mm -hmm. They didn't get there for because they were stupid. They got there because <laughs> they were smart. And so I'm very, very interested in and being able to listen to them and tell, tell me, learn from them what they know and learn about a lot of things. So I'm a semi-quasi-amateur accountant and a lawyer and a, you know, a, a variety of things because I work with these people all my life and, and I enjoy it and it, I speak their language and I speak, you know, in things that they understand and and want to accomplish and I listen and then our work reflects that rather than what I want to do as a designer and how I want to do it. It isn't about me. It's about us. It's about we, not me. And so uh, the, the world is too much about I and me and not enough about um, us and we. Yeah. And you, you've got a great – there's so many beyond interesting parts of the book, and one in particular that really stood out is uh, – constellation of stars as opposed to a single star well our industry has what's called star techs and really well-known designers and so when you first work start working with clients they are well, who's the designer who's the star designer in your firm and i said that that doesn't really ring right with me and and so when we give credit we give credit for the entire team because I seriously believe that it takes a team to accomplish it, somebody to land the project, somebody to write a new and make a new a quality contract so we, the client wins and we win, somebody to get a great program and really understand what we're going to do, somebody to design it, somebody to produce the documents of the design, somebody to get it built, somebody to co finally collect the money that you're owed by the client and close out the project. Well, that may be in one person, but most cases it's three, four, five. And for my prison, everybody to make it a successful project needs to be a star. So instead of our star being the designer, it's all of those people because I truly believe we have a constellation of stars, and that's why we use that phrase and are very proud of it. Now, no other firm does because they don't think that way, but that's what's been allowed us to grow and and, uh, and prosper because we we treat each part of the project as a requirement for a star. Nice. Now, th when you say everyone is a star, be is it be not just because they, they have an expertise and an expectation as a part of the uh, your company culture or, or family, which I, I notice is mentioned a number of times in, 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 uh, in your book, is the word family? Well, I think family and culture are probably the two most important things if you're going to run an organization. And we believe in a family, and we are currently a family in 14 countries besides the U.S. We practiced in 90 countries this year, and we have 47 offices. So we're spread around the world. We have from India to Abu Dhabi and from London to Sydney, Australia, and everywhere in between, seems to me. But Wow. Have you been uh, to each one of them? Uh, not every one, okay. but most of them. And what we're trying to do is think and act the same. And the clients tell me that when they walk into an office of Gensler, they feel, and the way the people act, that they're they're warmly welcomed. They they listen. They respond. And it is so unbelievable for me to get and be with clients who I don't know who want to come up and share with me the the joy and excitement that they have of the project that we've done for them. But more important is the experience that they've had. They say, 
you know, I was really dreading having to go through this process of building a building or doing an interior, setting up a branding and graphic system or something. But it, your people just made it such a pleasant experience. They're terrific. They listen. They work with us. And, and the results are spectacular. So, you know, it isn't about us. It's about the client. And so what we want to be is the client's trusted advisor, not just their architect. We want them to come. And so there's a phrase I use a lot, which is it's like stretching a rubber band. If you stretch a rubber band too far and push the client too far, the rubber band breaks and the client gets annoyed and and wants to <laughs> fire you or at least pissed off and and I don't I don't want that to happen and I want them to come back I, I always use the phrase I'm a lazy marketer I want people to come back and come back and come back to this and we have clients like the Bank of America or the Gap or many many others really hundreds of them that we've been with 30 40 some 40 48 years I've Got to send a bill probably every month for 48 years to the Bank of America. Is that right? For the Gap, we started the second store, and we do yeah. basically all their work for since they've been founded. And, yeah. And it goes on and on like that because we're their trusted advisor, and they, whether they morph and change as the Bank of America has gone through different ownerships and everything else, um, it, it, you become part of their team to make their project and process successful. And so... We build long-term relationships, and, and that isn't because just it's a beautiful building or a beautiful interior or whatever. It's, it works for them. It makes their business better. I was with a man in New York. I had a very, one of the top two or three consulting firms in the world, and they had a very tra standard traditional office with, before with, on Park Avenue, and, and they had... Uh, beautiful offices and fancy furniture and all this and the new space is you know, about 800 people in it and and uh, there's not an office in the space that's assigned it's fr free express offices and and open workstations whether it's a manager or partner senior partners or what they're all and the, and he said in one day everybody got it we're, we're trying to do to keep this organization together and we wouldn't be where we are and they've been in it about three months. We're we're on our way to to new heights that we couldn't believe, and because of what your team did, and and I say it's my team. It really isn't. It's a firm's team, and I should never use mine. It it because I don't believe that. I believe it's the firm's team that came together for that project and that client, and continues and will do their work all over the world. Wow. Now, what what do you think if you can bring this back? That warm welcome feeling. That's something that. Uh, is that something you look for in the people that you bring on to Gensler? Is oh, my God. It's uh, people, you know, first, <laughs> to go back to if a person talks about all he talks about is himself, um, then I'm not probably, he's probably not going to get hired. If a person talks about a team he worked with and the relationship he built with a client, he's certainly got a foot in the door. If he's got talent, then he's really got foot in yeah. the door. But if he has talent and none of the others, then, then he, we know he won't fit. And we literally tell people that, look, it's different than other firms. It's going to take you a year to figure it out and get to understand it because I know you've worked for other places, and that's not the way they've worked. And so just bear with us and bear with our way of everything from the way we pay people to the way we treat people. The way we do everything is different. Not that it's wrong or right, but it's our way. And we, we're saying if you're going to be part of our firm, you're going to do it our way. Because we're all, whether you're, you sit down at a desk in Sydney, Australia, or sit down one in San Francisco, or sit down one in London, the computer's going to be the same, the, the, everything's going to be the same way we do things. The forms are the same, everything. It's a very, so that we can emphasize and focus on the process and the design and not all the other nonsense of you've got a better idea and maybe they're better ideas and over time maybe we'll adapt them but we're going to adapt them in every part where not just in one office yeah the i also know in the book you talked about the um, monday morning meetings and the and, and how that's it's, it's vital well it's interesting we we just uh changed a monday morning meeting to a Skype meeting, and we mm. now can see each other. We've been doing it for 48 years with just on the phone, and we all know each other's voices. And they're 
Now we go to 47 offices every Monday morning. Every two and a half hours we're on the phone, and we, we, we talk to everybody, talks about what they're doing in their office, but we share. We share people, we share clients, we share ideas, we share issues. And so each of us feels that they're not out in the wilderness trying to figure it out by themselves. So if they need help or they've got a project or a client that's uh, doing something that they don't quite understand or they can't properly support, they borrow. And we do something very unusual in that we share all the money together and then split it up on our performance rather than having silos of each office being a silo with financial sort of self-control and, you know, you eat what you kill kind of an attitude, <laughs> which is, is to be just wrong. I want everybody to be on this one big family where we, you wouldn't treat your sister or your brother or your mother or father that way, and I don't want you to treat each yeah. other independently. So we share, and, and that's, a again, a different philosophy. We're not jockeying for leadership. We're jockeying uh, doing anything. We're, we're just trying to to do the best job we can for the clients. And so we may have seven or eight offices on that call all working with the same client and and, uh, and sharing stuff. And that's the part that the clients love because they'll pick up the phone and say, uh, uh, Gensler, can you have somebody in Zambezi? And we say, we don't know how where Zambezi is. Well, look on the map. It's just north of something there. Because we want to open an office there next week and you get down there and figure out how, to, how we do it. Well, no, most architects, you know, wouldn't. But we've made a commitment to these people. We're your trusted advisor. We'll figure out how to get someone in a plane, get them to this place, and and figure out what they need to do. And they might, maybe they don't use us at all. Maybe we're just an advisor. Maybe, you know, we're not trying to figure out how much we can get out of it. We're trying to figure out how can we help our clients. And and and, and where they become friends, but they become business relationships. That is the most important. We're in, we're in the business of making them money so that they can afford us. <laughs> I love, I love that. Um, you're listening to the Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford ninety point one FM. Curiosity is a science and wildlife center that seeks to help children acquire the tools needed to deeply understand the changing world. Curiosity engages and educates families and children through natural animal habitats, gardens, exhibitions, programs that all relate to the Bay Area and the global environment. You're invited to become a museum member, to volunteer, or to touch science by visiting and meeting the animals. For more information, go to curiodyssey.org. That's C-U-R-I odyssey.org. Now back to the modern architect. We're talking today with Art Gensler, architect, entrepreneur, and founder of Gensler Design Firm. Check out their website at www.gensler.com. That's www.gensler.com. Uh, Art, uh, your co-author, Michael Nindemeyer, share with me a little bit about how you uh, decided to collaborate on uh, the book, and even you know, some of how your relationship got, relationship got started. Well, M- Michael met my son uh, sitting in a tent in Saudi Arabia. No way. <laughs> and and uh, they were out on a... Uh, he, I'm not sure why he was at the same tent as my son, to be honest with you. And well, they became friends, and, and uh, he's a very interesting man, an entrepreneur, and he's uh, right, trying to be a toilet helper or something where he, he's trying to... You know, put up a million toilets for people in the, the third world to, so they have clean toilets sure, yeah. to use. And, and so he, he, he does wonderful things. But he, he said, you know, and he was at one of our meetings uh, just sort of sharing and trying to get our people interested in how maybe we could help as a firm mm-hmm. on his toilet construction and <laughs> talking. And he said he had written some books and things. I was telling him I was thinking about a book, but I didn't know quite how to do it. And he said, I bet I could help you on it. And so anyway, I said, well, let's go sit down and talk about how we might do it. And um, we didn't, I didn't have any idea. And he, and so we, we took a couple, three days and talked about what might be in a book and came up with a lot of little ideas. And all of a sudden he said, I got the idea. Let's do a book with lots of little chapters. They don't have to, we can maybe put them into categories, but but that there'll be an individual sort of an idea 
and treat it as a simple idea with simple phrases and and uh, something that people can grasp and not. And and then I said, well, it's got to be done in my spoken language because that's the only way I know how to read or write. <laughs> and, and so I, I uh, we sat down and started, and I wrote everything, and then Michael put it into the final format, and we got pretty good at where I'd write it and and get all the ideas, and and then he would modify it the format a little bit, and then we got a, a, a ultimately a, a, a editor who helped us uh, clean up a few things, but basically we did it, and and what I. What I thought was going to happen is that we would go to a publisher and publish it, and we we had done some work with Harvard Business Review, and and uh, so I showed them a few chapters, and they said, Gee, you know, that's great. We think it's terrific, but we only do academic uh, information, and, and I said, isn't 50 years of doing it something <laughs> you get credit for that? And they said, well, you know. So, and then I went to a friend of my wife's um very close to a person who owns one of the major publishers um, in this kind of field, and they screwed around with me and back and forth, and finally I was talking to somebody, and he said, I did what you did, but there's a thing called CreateSpace, which Amazon has, and they'll they'll help you do the whole thing. Really? And so um, we have capabilities in the firm of designing a book because we do some things within the firm, and we have capabilities to do the layouts and the typeface and all the text and the sketches are one of our designers who I retained to, to do the sketches and and so we we so it's published on Amazon you can get it and look it up on uh, either Art Gensler or Art's Principles um, and 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 it's, uh, it's I checked this morning it's 1999 or 1995 something like that so it's not an expensive book. But the one thing that's fascinating, it's they, they they can do it that inexpensively, and I actually get a fairly reasonable royalty because the book is not there's no shelf space of this. This book is printed. If I order five books tonight, yeah. they print five books, and and they have a, one of these, and all the book is stored in these machines. And if I order twenty books, they get twenty. And if they ship them out, and if I want, they want one. And so people that go online and buy it, and they they uh, you can get it through Apple uh, app, and and you can get it through Ingram Sparks, and they have an ebook. It's an yeah. ebook as well, and it's in Spanish. So it's a it's a book that that I think, having never written a book, I keep thinking that is there another book in me, and I learned, I enjoyed the process. But I haven't come up with what I would write about and what I would do because I, the, in the back of the book, I did something a little unusual, I, you know, because you you make all these statements that you think are important. So, in the back, I put about a ten or fifteen page um, synopsis of the history of the firm for the fifty years. Yeah, so I like people that. Yeah. can say that. Well, I guess he really did do those <laughs> things and not made it up as he went along. Yeah, yeah. One of the quotes here I really I really like was constraints are a positive influence because because excuse me because they drive us to be more creative and more thoughtful. Usually you think constraints are you know hold you back, but you're looking at them as actually a catapult. Well, I I, I use the word constraints as a it's like like my rubber band. If you break it, take it to resistance. That's fine. And then the next time you do it, you take it a little further and listen. Take the next time a little further. And then finally people realize that you you listened and you move and you stretch them and they mm-hmm. stretch you. But if you pull it, pull it and break it, you lose everything. And so I'm trying to take our clients and, and help them to, to really think what they want to do and go through a process of uh, visioning, what we call a visioning process, where we all sit around and think, what, what, let's dream what we could do. Let's, uh, I'll give you an example that's very, so people in the Bay Area know, right. Terminal T2 in San Francisco, they were going to do just a standard terminal with standard stuff, and, and they hired us, and John Martin, who was the director, said, that doesn't sound right, and what do we want to do? And so uh, the, uh, the staff said, oh, no, we want to do like every other terminal, and John said, no, what do you? I said, well, why don't we make it like a, the great lobby of a great hotel and make it hospitality? Because the airport world has changed, and it used to be that 
the ticket purchasing and the departure was the magic experience in the big mm -hmm. departure hall and the boarding areas were just plain vanilla with some you know um, standard you know McDonald's and Burger Kings and, and things of that yeah. and nothing creative and and uh, so uh, we we all had to vote, and we gave everybody little those yellow stickers, stickers, and you had to vote. You had three of them. You could put all three on one, or you could put all three on one another. And everybody, you'd say, we're all very nervous. Where are they going to put them? And Gee, should I do this? And they were, their names weren't on them, but they had to put them up there. And so, then they finally said, well. I guess the director wants it all, all hospitality. I know it's going to cost too much. and we're going to, Well, uh, we did it. Yeah. And what's happened is that it's become the most popular terminal in the world as a, as a terminal. But more important for the airlines, the revenues that generate from the concessions are so dramatic that it paid for everything plus everything. Is that right? And the upstream. So you can compare the Terminal 1 or Terminal 3 with Terminal 2, and and the revenue difference is just dramatic. But we have no chain restaurants or operations. Everything is custom and the best of the best, and people enjoy it. People are actually, I've heard people say, I call up my friend, I say, the plane's late, so pick me up an hour late. And what there really is, the plane's on time, but they want to eat dinner yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so I, it's a, you know, that's what, yeah. to me, what excite me, excites me about architecture and design and what we as a firm can give to the community and give to the world. And that's a joy. That's yeah. really a joy. So that's why uh, I go to work still every day. Yeah. Don't, really work on projects so much anymore, but I have half a dozen that I do, but I do a lot of nonprofit work now. But I just love to watch the people and walk around and see what they're doing, and it's just uh, amazing to go and see what quality design can do for the world. Yeah, you mentioned that word joy. I think uh, um, that's not part of our, our question here, but I think uh, you go joy. Is that... A theme? Oh, I, I think uh, so. What, what, I think joy is. It comes in many ways. It comes from. It comes from making something that's appropriate for the location. In other words, I believe you should be conceptual. You don't have to copy, but it has to feel comfortable and fit. These look at me buildings, which are so tortured, and the, the good news: <laughs> a computer can can d d draw anything, and they can calculate the forces and things to build almost anything. A lot of them shouldn't be built. They're painfully bad. But what I want is something that is, gee, it looks like it's going to fit there and be there appropriately for 20, 50, 100 years. And that's the challenge. We don't sell a style. We sell an appropriate solution. We use the power of design. We hope to change the world. That's our mission statement. And, and we think that we can do that. We just uh, finished the second tallest building in the world in Shanghai. That's Shanghai Tower. And it is won the best building in the world last year. Our, uh, Congratulations. That's terrific. And, and, yeah. and so it was a, it was a, it's a tremendous project, and, and it's huge. And, uh, but I'm real so proud of it, and it fits in. It looks like it belongs, and it's, it's got a, a feeling of almost like a twisted dragon, and it's beautifully nice. elegant, and yet, and people just love the building, and everybody goes in it just saying, "Oh my God, this is wonderful." Well, my, the, the, you know, you work your whole life to that. I mean, yeah. Architectural Record Magazine picked the, the they were a 125 year old magazine, and they picked the best 125 buildings built in the last 125 yeah. years, and we were the last building pick because it was a, the, 19, the most recent, the most recent okay. one. And so uh, that makes you feel if you're working hard. Oh, and, but okay. that took a client with a vision and a, and a Chinese client. And you never in China know quite who your client is, but we're pretty sure it was the government, central yeah. government paying for it. And it's a $2 billion building. And, and yet, you know, they really wanted to know everything about everything and work with us. And I think the same with clients where we spend time talking to them. One of the tips I was talking to somebody the other day that I, I will give to everybody is, if you want to get to know a client, ask them what they do. And I really think that people just love to tell you what they do. And so I 
I've learned that my little education trick is to, to go and ask everybody that I work for, what are you doing? Can you explain me what you do? Yeah. What... And they just love to tell you. So I've learned about different kinds of businesses, and I've learned a lot about life and people and what they travel and what they do and what's important to them. And 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 it's it's you know it's just fascinating. And so, if you just want to you know you're not don't know what to say to some of these people that you've met for the first time. You don't want to embarrass yourself. Just say, gee, what do you do? Could you explain it? I'd love to know. And it's amazing. You'll learn more than you ever dreamed. Yeah. Well, that curiosity factor is just filling the the, the recording studio <laughs> up here. Really, it's it's almost like a, a, a three year old kid. <laughs> Is is that? Uh, well, I, I don't. I, I, I don't want to offend you. Nothing. But... Nothing. Nothing okay. that I do is rocket science. Okay. I think to, to me, it's common sense. I, you know, why not ask somebody? Not. I mean, is the, the dumbest statement you can make is, uh, I could do really good work if I didn't have a client. That's the dumbest comment yeah. you can make. Yeah. The, the, the client's interfering you. You for you doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is to solve his problem. It's not your building, the architect and the designer. It's the client's building. They're going to live in it. They're going to use it. The community is going to drive by it and see it and interact with it. Why not recognize that they're the the owners and the, not you? You were the implementer and got it to happen, and you ought to be very proud of the response that you got. But it isn't your building. Yeah, how prevalent do you think it is in the industry? Ninety-nine percent and one percent. That high? Oh, at least. Wow. What do you do? You, do you do you foresee a shift in that sort of no. mindset? Well, I, I I would like to think that people would, because I think we'd have better stuff built and better, more appropriate buildings and better appropriate interiors and more pro. But. There is the, the training in college, the training in the history of the profession is about, all about stardom. And so it's uh, people trying to place themselves in the stardom role, self-star, rather than a constellation of stars. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that again. Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? You can find the perfect products for your design, plus all the information you need to finish your construction documents and written specifications on Modeler.com. It's a tool for architects and other design professionals featuring products from over 350 brands. You can search for products, see how they've been used by others, compare them with similar items, ask manufacturers specific questions, then access the information as well as the BIM, CAD, Revit files you need to populate your construction drawings. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs for the modern architect. This is the modern architect, KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Life Moves, formerly Envisioned Shelter Network, has 40 years of experience helping to end the cycle of homelessness for families and individuals in San Mateo and Santa Clara counties. Life Moves provides interim housing and support services that create opportunities for those affected to rapidly return to stable housing and long-term self-sufficiency. Life Moves relies on generous financial contributions as well as donations of gently used clothing, furniture, or household items. To learn more how you can volunteer or donate, please visit www.lifemoves.org. That's lifemoves.org. And now back to The Modern Architect. Our guest today is Art Gensler, architect, entrepreneur, and founder of Worldwide Gensler Design Firm, headquartered in San Francisco, California. Art, what is the, is it artprinciples.com? Is it? Arts Principles. Arts Principles. Just plain old A-R-T-S apostrophe S. They didn't think it was a very good title, but they but it was the one I liked, and so I since I was the publisher, it's what it is. But, <laughs> it, it is. Well, but it has a subtitle, which is 50 Years of Hard-Learned Lessons in Building a World-Class professional services firm. And I think the subtitle is the, the essence of the book and the fact that it's, although my background is architecture because I worked with so many of the other professionals doing their facilities and being part of a team that does that, that I think it's appropriate for people. I was thinking this morning in the shower, believe it or not, <laughs> about about coming to Stanford and I thought, well, will, they, will anybody at Stanford have any interest in this? And, and I've, I really believe that, in fact, 
when you get these great scientists and great engineers and great thinkers on the campus and they want, all want to start their own business, that maybe if they read this book, they would get some ideas of what they have to, they're going to go face when they actually have a business. And it's not just creating a product, it's hiring a staff and getting benefits for a staff and teaching, treating people and selecting facilities and thinking about design. And, and I think design is one powerful tool uh, that they need to, to, to be aware of. And so, although I talk a little bit about design in the book, it's not, you know, this the style versus that style. Mm-hmm. It's just the approach of thinking about design. And, and so I'm, I'm convinced that, that people of all businesses um, should look at it. And I have no feelings that because we're large and we're 5,200 people that we should be any different than the guy who's five or three people or 10 or 20 or 50. They're different. Nothing, one's right and the other's not, not wrong. It's just different ways that each person wants to practice whatever they do. And, and I think they should. But there are some common principles of how you treat people, both clients and and vendors and suppliers and and uh, you know your employees that is really the key to being successful and so we have a I mean we spend an enormous amount of time money and effort and enjoyment by being with our people I mean for 25 35 years maybe I played Santa Claus and we give custom <laughs> custom presents to every employee's child and and wow. uh, and uh, you know the first I had these terrible Santa suits, and then somebody <laughs> went out and bought a real, real Santa suit, but it was designed to stand on Fifth Avenue at 20 below zero. So what were you uh, doing? And in I, was, I was sitting in the damn thing sweating to death, <laughs> handing out presents to kids in the office. But, you know, those are fun things to do because you're giving back to your people and you're giving back to the community, and we have a huge uh, social impact um, effort we believe that uh, as being a community has been good to us, we have a responsibility and an obligation and, and, and a desire to give back to our community. So we encourage our people to get very active in the community in which they live and not just be kind of an isolated mm-hmm. person. But I was in meetings today with, with the leaders of San Francisco on dealing with government issues with San Francisco. And, and uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that I believe I can participate in and add value. And, and uh, we have people, one of my partners who are also there because he's a terrific guy and understands it. And he, he lives in the East Bay and, and in Berkeley, so he's got as crazy of people as we do in San <laughs> okay. Francisco to deal with. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to touch back in, Art. I know I know sure. we said, uh, you know, we've 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 talked about it, the constellation of stars. But I think um, since radio was kind of the theater of the mind, and most people uh, are very instant gratification, Mm -hmm. that constellation of of stars versus a single uh, uh, mindset, and we talked about how do we shift that, and uh, um, how how do you think that that methodology, that mindset, that that, uh, just way of being... Can help can help get that ninety nine percent down to say ninety five percent. Well, I, I I think that the best way is to do things together and share together. I mean, where we publish, we just uh, published a kind of an annual report and called a trends report. What we think is going to happen in the design world the next year, and. We share with our, but it's really a, an annual report because for our employees. We have an, what's called an employee stock ownership plan. Every person that works for Gensler is a, a, an owner. And so they own stock in the firm. They f- have a vested interest. That I say to them flippantly, if you steal pencils out of the supply cabinet for your kids, I guess that's okay. But you're basically stealing from yourself. Yeah. And so it's, but I want people to feel that, the, they're not doing a job. They're they're there to enhance the environment and make a better world a better place, and that we're in. We can do better if we do it together than if I do it individually. And I think one of the things that we really believe is that a successful team working together is a better 
in today's world, the world is very complicated. The regulations, the construction industry, <clears> the <throat> design industry, the suppliers, new materials, sustainability, it goes on and on and on. The complexities, you can imagine the complexities that we face with f f 90 countries paying taxes and doing codes and searches and all the other things. Yet we do it because we get the joy of being with our clients and seeing their enjoyment and their success. And so it's, it's the shared success. It's always talking about the team rather than the success of an individual. Now we give awards out. Listen, we have, a, we have an unusual thing in that we, we all submit our designs. Each office submits their best designs and we have a, a competition and have outside jury judge our own work and we hire we bring in deans of colleges of design we bring in publishers and editors of magazines we bring in clients and they sit for a day going through like 120 submissions and then they next day they tell us what they liked what they didn't yeah. what what they feel get awards and what the, you know, they don't, what they don't like and and it's really helpful but so we, we, we're not embarrassed about giving awards, and we give awards to people in the firm. But it's mostly it's the award given to the team rather than the individual. And, and if you, it's, if you, again, it's the way you treat a family, not as individuals. Certainly there are individuals and there are different contributions and different talents. But the, 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 the end result is in, we want, you know, two plus two to be five. Okay. <laughs> What inspired this? Was there something when you grow up, Art? Is it a, a person in your life that said, you know what, Art? Here, here's kind of the way to be. And you said, I'm going to be that way. What, what, is there someone, something, I, I, an I, incident? Or? I wish I could tell you yeah. there was, but I'm not sure there, where it came from. I have always been comfortable in my own shoes and doing what I do. I... I Nice uh, the biggest way. thing I remember <laughs> in early when I was 12, I, I won the Connecticut Soapbox Derby. And that's building a cart and going, yeah, rolling it down yeah. the hill. And in those days, the cart had to be built by you, not your parents or somebody else. It had to be with wheels that you bought that were everybody has the same wheels and everybody had the same steering wheel. But you did everything around it. And I remember I built mine, and my father looked at it and said, you ain't going to win anything in that. <laughs> and I said, take your part and start all over again. But it was the first time it was ever done in the state of, Cal in the state of Connecticut, and, and I won that. And there was a 14-year-old, and I was the 12, and I won the 12-year-old, and he won the 13-14. And we raced off, and he beat me by a couple feet. Uh -huh. But, I, I, you know, I, 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 and I didn't like losing. And uh, I know I still don't like losing. I've always played on sports teams, and one of the things that I wish I could get more young people today is playing. I've, I've a couple, quite a few grandsons. I have three in college right now, and one more heading there next year. And uh, I have ten in total. So Great. I've been paying college tuitions forever, but <laughs> uh, for helping out. But uh, they, 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 one of them, you know, spends every hour, waking hour of the day, and is. In the design studio, and I keep telling, go out for even if it's intramural sports or do something. Um, I think it's just. It, I, I look at college as fifty percent academic training and education and thinking, and fifty percent growing up and becoming a, a person. And I think that both fifty percent can't exist alone. And so I'm always, I've, I've been always on sports teams. I played four years varsity soccer at Cornell and became an all Ivy League player. Nice. But I, I, I don't, Art. I mean, people say, well, how do you do that? Well, yeah. I, you know, it's the, the, the most popular three or four pages in the book is a book is Go Home at Six, Get a Life. Yeah, we, 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 go into that. Go well, well, that to, to us means that there's more to the, your life than just the firm and and design. And architects, they all want to go out and drink together and eat together and talk together and vacation together, and that's fine. But 
do things with other people too because you just need to get a life. You can't <laughs> learn it all just from people who have the same attitudes. You need to hang around people who have totally different backgrounds, totally different interests. I think one of the things that keeps our firm new is because we we work for 2,500 clients this year with this 8,000 projects. And so we got a lot exposed to a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures, a lot of different you know, nationalities and backgrounds. And, and I think people love that. One yeah. of the, we have a rotating program that people can apply to. I'd like to work in Costa Rica or I'd like to work in Japan or I'd like to work in China. And we try when we can to rotate them around and get exposure to different things. And wow. so people are always moving around the world. And young people, especially before they kind of tie down and, you know, family and kids and all the other things. So, you know, we have we try to do these things because we believe that people need to be good people, not just good designers and, and creative thinkers. And and that that variety of experience and exposure is really important to all of us and the family and the culture that we have built. Yeah. You also said being swift, a swift second versus being first. Now, that kind of goes against you. You don't like to lose. But Well, uh, let, let me yeah. tell you. Let me give you that. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I don't like to jump in the pan when I'm not sure how cold or hot it is. <laughs> And, and you a dip lot your of, toes or what? No, well, I, okay. I, I, yeah, and they do. We will, we'll, uh, on the on the fringes, we'll look at stuff, and but we won't jump all in. And uh, I can remember back, way, way back, when the computer drafting was just coming in, and two of my competitors decided they were going to write the, the the ultimate computer codes for CAD dra- design and drafting. And I said, gee, I think we ought to stick. I'd not do that. We had to wait for, and there were two systems. There was a MicroStation and there was a Autodesk and the two, two competing ones. And we picked mm-hmm. MicroStation, worked with it for about five years. And then um, it, the world went Autodesk and, yeah. and uh, uh, we had to make a major swift, sh- shift. But the other firms lost millions in the, oh. because their system was not universal. It didn't work for engineers. didn't work for contractors. wasn't used by the public. And so we, we saved ourselves a lot of pain and anguish because we used stuff that was, you know, was, not, was tested and proven. And I think it's like materials. I love the new materials. But, boy, I want to make sure it works and I want to see it yeah. installed someplace before before I put it on a project or we put it on a project. Yeah. Uh, how you, you, We've talked a bit about this, this teamwork, the family. How do you leverage that, that what you call leverage the power of partnership? Well, I think we do it because we bring people together. We, we have spend more money than most firms would spend in a lifetime each, each month practically on – bringing us together. We were, I was just in New York. There were 40 of us, um, the senior leaders and what we call the, the management committee and people from various practice areas. We have 20, 32 practice areas, and they weren't all there. And we'll, in, uh, in March, have a, what we call a super meeting. We'll have 500 people at that meeting. We fly them in from, from Abu Dhabi to, to Shanghai and from Sydney to Boston, and they all come to the meetings, and it costs us a a lot of money, but but we're together. We, we you know family. It's like a big family get together, and it's as much about getting to know these people as it is sharing sharing all the things that we're doing and the plans and having everybody have a say and participating and helping. And so, if you treat people the way you want them to act, and then they'll act that way. And so we we're we're conscious of of the need to do that. And I I. I one of my great friends is a partner in a very prominent law architecture firm, about 150 people. I think they're like 11 partners. And they were, uh, I said, well, we're going to get together and we'll be there for three or four days together. Uh-huh. And they said, uh, 
gee, we've never even had lunch together as part oh, of Oh, my goodness. And I, I just, you know, it's they got a bunch of stars, and they stars do their own thing with their own people in the office. But there's, the, 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 the office is just yeah. a, a place to have accounting and, and some HR people and a few who buy an insurance. And, yeah. and they don't care what the other guy is. That's not my stuff. I didn't design it. I don't care. Yeah. We care about everything that we all do. So I'm as – I uh, – work out of the San Francisco office, so I'm as passionate about what happens in that office a lot. But I'm just as ha- passionate about what happens in London or Boston or D.C. or uh, Houston as I am in San Francisco. And I in- enjoy it, and, and I think all of us feel the same way. It's the firm's work, not mine or something. Yeah, terrific. Uh, this is The Modern Architect, KZSU 90.1 FM. The Loop is a radio show featuring electronic music ranging from house to techno to down tempo and everything that's good in the underground. Each week the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live guest DJs from around the world. That is 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Thursday, so stay tuned for that. But right now we're finishing up with The Modern Architect. Uh, Art, uh, how is everyone on the team a generator of possibilities for the firm? I love that quote, a generator of possibilities for the firm. Well, one of the things that you realize, it isn't just, we don't have people that are called marketing, people out there just selling the firm's work. The people that market are the people that do the work. And so they're, they're, they're out there doing that. But what you realize, come to realize, especially when you have the repeat business that we do and the others, that we start, maybe I go out and I haven't met somebody and I bring them in and introduce them to a team and they work with a team and they do the project. And then six months later, gee, I want to make some modifications and Susie Q goes out there and works with them to make some modifications. And she said, gee, I know you wanted to do these, but I see these new opportunities over here. You're right, I should do those. And all of a sudden, Susie Q is bringing in business and, and making deals. And we have, my secretary will meet somebody on an airplane and say, gee, here's my card. We're an architecture, I work for an architecture firm, and I think we could help you. And so we get, we wow. everybody's in it. It's not somebody that, I, mean, I don't care whether you're the... The, the most important person is the person that answers the phone and the runs the front desk in terms of to the, the way we yeah. treat things. And that's that, those persons are, are our face, the first face that they and – and so they do it politely and nicely. I'll, I'll get back to you if I have to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're part of the team. And, and, and I think that that makes them proud, makes us proud. And, 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 and so I would guess that 80 – Plus percent of our work comes from repeat stuff every day, and we need to generate three million bucks a day in new oh. business every day. Eighty percent comes from the people repeat yeah. stuff from these people that are taking care of the client, and yeah. they're not entertaining them. They're actually doing something that's yeah. valuable and beneficial. I mean, there's some people that believe that, and that, I think that's becoming more of an old-fashioned thing, but not totally. That you know, it's all about entertaining and. And hustling, I'll play golf with you this weekend, or I'll take you to the theater, or I'll, you know, buy you drinks yeah. and fancy things, or and gifts and all that stuff. And and we just never did that. That's not what we do. We we've got friends, and we go do things with them. But um, it's it's about performance. It's not about hire me because I'm socially connected, and so are you, kind of a thing. Yeah. How is there any part of the book that you'd uh like to focus on, or was there a favorite part? No, you know, it's yeah. interesting. It, it just kind of evolved, and it wasn't done chapter by chapter. They were, we wrote all these 62 chapters, then we tried to see how yeah. we could combine them into some subgroups so you could package it a little easier. But, no, I, I, I'm pretty happy. I've, I, if I, if I, maybe I'll do an update edition. I've, got, I've gotten some new ideas and some yeah. new material. But I can't find a, right in my mind yet uh, of a whole new book to start. I'm, I'm really proud of what I've done. It's it's selling well, and and uh, I'm anxious to get it in the bookstores. And I think we'll do that in the next few months if I get a few minutes to 
organize some things. But yeah. but uh, as I find everybody buys stuff on Amazon and it's so quick, easy that yeah. you, you you buy it today and there it is on your desk tomorrow. So I encourage everybody to go out and do it because I think you'd be astounded how much material and information is very in a very simple way, not simple in the ideas, but in a simple direct way rather than wading your way through a lot of stuff to get to the ideas. And if you don't like a chapter, you can go to the next one and you won't have lost everything. Yeah, you know, I also noticed on the book there, Art, it sound, it, the book reads as, as you speak. That's not a that's an that's a difficult thing to do. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but no, to I, actually speak and write the same way you speak, and you can actually now that you know we're talking, <laughs> I can hear you when I reread re the book. That's yeah. a uh, well, that's usually from that's, that's the only way from, only way I know how to do. Well, things, that's coming uh, from the heart. That's uh, what that yeah, really yeah, means. Well, it's not. It's yeah. not I, I we have a writer who's wonderful, a terrific writer, and I had another woman who was a writer. And the, the, Barbara had my voice, and, and I read it, and I said, did I say all that? <laughs> no, but it's sort of I know where you went. Yeah. John is a different. I love John, what he writes, but I can't understand most of it because it's too – use words I don't have. I have a very simple vocabulary, and, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a very plain guy. I just love what I do. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and I've met so many fabulous people. Um, I guess the one thing that I shared that uh, in the book that I – the unanticipated opportunities that I've had. Let me just tell you one story yeah, that's yeah. an unanticipated opportunity. And I, I will tell. I could tell one about Steve Jobs or Don Fisher of the Gap, or, or. Um, uh, but I. But I'll tell you one. One of my clients is was the head of PNC Bank, and I'm a mad golfer, terrible, but I love it. <laughs> and and I, I and I knew he was a member of Augusta. And I said, gee, I would love to play Augusta someday. And he Did you really? You I, laid it like I that? Said, you said I said, like Jim, okay. I'd love to play Augusta. <laughs> and it, for, I'm, a, I'm really a lousy golfer. <laughs> but it, it just I look at those things on television and it just yeah, looks so wonderful. It's, it's and majestic. He, yeah. And he says, gee, I'm playing with Arnold on Tuesday. Would you like to play? And, and it I, was the Arnold? A Palmer. Yeah. yeah. And I played with Arnold Palmer for two days, slept in the butler cabin with Arnold, drank with Arnold, ate with Arnold, rode in the golf carts with Arnold Palmer for two days. And I call that an unanticipated opportunity. And I encourage everybody. I give a lot of uh, commencement addresses at universities. And the theme of my commencement address usually is unanticipated opportunities. Keep your eyes open for things that you didn't anticipate happening. Um, and and your life will be amazing, and, but you have to have the courage when it happens to take advantage of it. And literally, I had to charter a jet from San Francisco to get to Augusta because I had a meeting. And my wife and my secretary said, "I, it's enormous, but do it." And <laughs> yeah. I'm forever oh, yeah. grateful. Oh it was, yeah, it was my bucket list. Yeah. It was not the. I didn't ever know. I, I didn't even think of Arnold Palmer. But just playing Augusta would have been a, the top of my bucket list. But to Arnold Palmer for two days, and so you never know where opportunities will strike, and just be prepared to jump and take advantage of. Yeah, them. that's a that's a barrel list, not just a bucket <laughs> list. You know, that kind of go, goes into a. Um, um, this is a, a a poem Marcel Proust wrote. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes. But in having new eyes, what's your take on that type of code? It actually segued into the keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah it does. It just say uh, one of the things that's nice for my, our approach is we don't have a style, so we don't. We start with a clean piece of paper. Where it isn't well, we did that this, this and the last time. We're going to do it a little better. Yeah. And we're going to do it a little better. And I, for example, Richard Meyer, I have enormous respect for him. Richard, I went to school with Richard. He was a year ahead of me. I've already started, and he's a wonderful guy. But I would be bored stiff if I did. <laughs> he does the same thing, white box buildings, over and over and over again. He does them beautifully. But that isn't what I'm all about. It's, I'm, I, I would be most happy if people said I never could tell whether it's against their building or not. Now, I see a real quality building, a real quality project, and then I think that's, that's a building maybe they did. But the, I, want, 
I want to keep my eyes open to new opportunities. And so we're always looking for new ways, new projects, new practice areas. I mean, we're getting into more things. Right now they're into virtual reality. Mm -hmm. I'm not... I don't get all that stuff too well, but our firm is getting we're putting good virtual reality studios yeah. in each of our offices and stuff, and and, and they're you know they're they're dragging the old man down the street now, <laughs> getting me uh, excited about different things because the uh, new opportunities are where you uh, get you get yourself juiced up to do something. Yeah. I I want to learn something every day. I want to learn something, and I. One of the things, and I give a speech, I first thing I say is, look, I'm here to give a speech, but if I, your questions don't give me some answers, yeah. it's new ideas and make me think about things differently, I will have not had been a success. So I hope that this time together will give the people that listen to this a chance to dream up some questions. And by the way, you can write me at Gensler.com if you want. And I'll be happy to respond to your questions. Excellent. Art, it's been an honor and privilege having you here today. We're so grateful and glad to have you as our guest. Thank you very much for being on our show and helping to make such a significant and positive difference in so many people's lives. I mean that sincerely. We hope you consider consider returning. You I'd really love did. to do it again. It, I only got half of my thoughts out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Art Gensler, architect, entrepreneur, founder, and author. Uh, Gensler Design Firm. The continued success is based on a combination of exceptional design services, innovative leadership, and caring, caring team-oriented infrastructure. Find them on the web, as Art said, at www.gensler.com. That's www.gensler.com. And also at artsprinciples.com that's artsprinciples.com join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect influencer and civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities communities and lives the modern architect is recorded at stanford university studios in palo alto california and is a production of kcsu radio the recording engineer and production manager is akshay jaggi assistant engineer is mcgregor joiner and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you for tuning in and listen in next week for another episode of The Modern Architect. Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with over 350 building product manufacturers, large and small. Modeler.com works with architects from 80% of the top 100 architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for their building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of their production and the broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.